Welcome to the Exeter Underground, the weekly news and opinion forum for the people of Exeter, about the people of Exeter, and by the people of Exeter, keeping you up to date on all the happenings of our town with analysis that you just can't find anywhere else. You're entering the Underground. Now here are your hosts, Jerry Gelliff and Ted Gardella. Good God, it went off the rails. It did go off the rails. <clears throat> I think someone's right. going to be checking everything from now on. Oh, <laughs> right, you want to try to recreate everything? <clears throat> no, let's just go. <laughs> okay, we already played the intro, and I already explained that I was uh, being cocky and arrogant. And boy, did I get bit in the ass with that one! So here we are, folks. Good evening. It's the, it's the Exeter, Exeter Underground. Underground. That's right. Ted, do the disclaimer one so, more time. Um, and, and hopefully you're not hearing this for the second time. Uh, but this is an opinion show. These are the opinions of Jerry Gelliff and Ted Gardella and nothing more. They don't represent any organizational point of view. It's simply an opinion show. We hope it's provocative. Uh, we hope that it, it gets you thinking. But it's our opinions. And the reason it's our opinions is because we're doing the show. You want to get your opinions out there? Do your own show. Do your own show. Or you can call us and yell at us. You sure. know, that's the thing that sure. I put up. Uh, online with the with the social media stuff. I right. said, you know, you can call to rant to us or at us. Sure. We're good with any of it. Absolutely. Engage. Yes. So we are here to talk to this week primarily 99% about the supervisors and Tuesday night follies, as I said before, which was the picking of the new school board member. They picked something, all right. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> I did put nose picking meeting I, in, I know. Our, well, in I, our notes. I'm glad you at least put nose in our notes instead of something else. But, uh, <laughs> Could have put AS. You know, we there was so much. And, and uh, I, I was at the supervisor's meeting. I was at the school board meeting this week. So um, it'll be, there are going to be some amusing things, I think. There are going to be some curious things, I think. Dude, I, I've got news for you. There are some things that happened that uh, actually shocked me. Really? In these meetings, yeah. Yeah, and y you know what they were, and, and we'll right. unveil all this right. stuff. But there was a couple of moments, and we'll detail that because we were both at the supervisor's meeting. I didn't make the school board meeting. After I called you, right. let's talk about the conversation. Hey, Ted, you going to the, to the school board meeting tonight? I, I really don't think I want to because it's really... <laughs> going to be anticlimactic and you know no come on go man because i'm going to be i mean i'm going to get there a little bit late but but after the baseball game because i got a baseball <laughs> game because i thought the baseball game was going to be like an hour and a half or two and a half freaking hours right in the cold yeah and you didn't even have a bat in your hand no it was uh and i was out there from 245 wow. i got there ultra early to yeah. make sure everything was Oh, under you control. did that for the baseball game. You just didn't do that for this. Yes. Okay. Well, you know, that's but, that. That's, that's right. money no, there, making. This there is fun. Are gonna be some, there, I, there were some moments that were really surprising. Um, there were also some things that, you know, I, I'm, I have to wonder where the leadership of the Board of Supervisors is going with respect to um, getting this administration in, in line with the community's expectations. Um, well, we, we have lots of different clips. Yeah, about yeah we'll this. dig so into all get, that. Let's just get, get into that. Let's do the first one. So uh, it's a supervisor's meeting. Right. That's where we're starting. And, you know, 
It was again the Dave Hughes show. I mean, I guess it always is. It was dominated by you know, as I'm as I'm going through the the clips today, mm-hmm. everyone is him. So apparently he's the only one who's actually talking during these meetings. Well, I mean, we were both there. And so we know that there were important contributions made by George Bell. We know that were there were important contributions made by Diane Reeser. Um, you know, I, I, I do think they are working together. It doesn't the, the public impression from that meeting and from previous meetings is that they aren't right that they're arguing and that one person is is dominating those arguments um but i you know i do think that they are working together i just it's unfortunate we're not seeing that we're seeing the we're seeing what should be happening behind closed doors you should be you know kind of beating each other up and and having those important conversations behind closed doors to get ready for the meetings where you can show, you know, a kind of a united front, not necessarily united for, you know, the administration of the township, but united for the community, united for the citizenry. And this was not a meeting where they demonstrated that. I, I think they've done a better job at previous meetings. And I do think some folks have to, to you know, stand up. As we get to different clips, I'm going to, you know, we'll stop them. And um, I've got some things that I want to say about, you know, Board of Supervisors, you know, interrupting public comment. Yes. Even if it doesn't matter if that person agrees with what you're trying to say, it's public comment. You need to respect those three or four minutes. Yeah. And and then if you want to respond, you can, which I think has been a refreshing sign of this board is that they're actually willing to engage, unlike the school board that simply, you know, hides behind Robert's rules. Right. Um, but so, yeah, let's 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 start in. OK, so so the first clip is like a a, a, a moment during let, let's set the whole thing up. Uh, it was during Dave Hughes. What he did was he took the treasurer's report and went through it and gave a presentation on right. the treasurer's report on the issues that he saw right in the treasurer's report. And, and it was very important when he raised incredibly important points because he identified, you know, one sixth of the way into the year budget items that are already near or overspent. Yeah. And they, as a board had said during all the work that they did to redo this budget, because the previous board did such a poor job, they said, if there's going to be a department that goes over budget, they need to come to the board. Right. Well, we've already got departments that are going over the budget and they're not coming to the board. No. And so he exposed that very effectively yes, at he times. Did. But then there were other times that weren't as effective. Like this one. I mean, like, like, and, and, uh, I, I, I don't, I, I don't understand this, but at the same, well, we'll get to it. The DCED is the report that we are. So this is finance director, Jennifer Savage, who Dave goes, Toe to toe, toe, blow to blow, whatever you want to call it, with all the time. And uh, she is speaking to the audit. Obligated to file to stay in the regulation with second class township code. We are not obligated to produce full financial statements. These are extra, I will say, the statements that we produce at the end. They are the user friendly statements. They are not required. Okay. They are not required. I don't like not that. Extra. 
They're not extra. No, they're not. If, if you are doing an audit, those documents are not extra. They are right. the documents that make the audit make sense to the public and to the board. Um, you know, I've, I've had audit letters produced, but that was a that was really a condescending right, statement, going. not to the board, but it was a condescending statement to the community. Oh, yeah. Look, I'm going to do what's required. I'm going to file this DCED report because that's what's required for second class townships. Anything else is extra. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, it's it's like, you know, going to the store and, you know, asking somebody who works there, hey, can you tell me where the you know men's department are? Do I look like a map of the store? I mean, it's that kind of attitude, that condescension. Yes. Like, I am here and I am the finance director. And how dare you question my reports? I put in my nearly eight hours a day. How dare you question me? This is a this is a, a disagreement that I've had with this woman since I started talking. There it is, this woman. Yeah. See, he, he went a little over. You well, he didn't go a little politic. over. He probably shouldn't have done that. You can be more politic. You can say, yeah. these are disagreements that I've had with our finance director or I've had with Miss Savage, but you don't need to do this woman. That, yeah. that was, no. it, that it, was it, regrettable. Yeah, but he redeems a little. Sure, and I would like you, if you don't mind, if the board will approve it, that uh, allow Chad and I to discuss section, uh, uh, was it section 900, which talks about the, the reporting and the auditing requirements, and you will see in that in that report, in that section, it talks about outside auditors, when you contract them, that they, they're, they're bound to uh, do the audit by using... So he's going on and on to explain his point, right. but he, he's coming to the part where it, it seems like there was a moment of realization. And am I the only one who was in that room when he said, this woman... No, that weren't. that that you didn't think of Bill Clinton. We we did a little cl a cringe there. With that. Yeah, <laughs> using the generally accepted accounting principles and the auditing standards. This is a compilation of requirement by DCED, so that we can uh, so that they're collecting economic data, and then if we don't file it with them, then we don't get any grants later on. That's the big deal about that. It. We are required to do an audit, but I can't convince this young lady here that we do. So I'd like to get... See, this young lady, see, see, this is nice. I don't think that redeems him. I, I think you, you need to say... I was clearly You mocking. need to say our finance director, you need yeah. to say Miss Savage, Mrs. Savage. I don't know whether she's a Miss or a Mrs. So we don't um, really need to go into the rest right. of that clip. I just wanted to kind of get to that. But he he did need to pull that one back. And, and unfortunately... All the good he did by going line by line and have and, and showing that I mean he he put that report up there and it was obvious that he had read it he had gone through it he identified the problem areas yep. highlighted them on his own you know and and so he's done a lot of work on this oh yeah but you know you do all that work and you're you're really providing a good service to the board to help them see what you're talking about and then you diminish it by you know poorly chosen words that right. is an easy thing to do is to just respect. Both the community, or three, respect the community, your other supervisors on the board, and the administration of the of the township. We're we're going to have to get somewhere together. Yeah, we can't keep throwing people overboard, uh, you know, and and let the shark circle.
Okay, so so now he's deep into the treasurer's report at mm-hmm. this point, and he he throws a little, um, he throws out a little joke. Okay, and in and it is in this one. The problem with this is it doesn't take into account the beginning balances, and so it, it's misleading in all these funds. But we have a big negative balance. I don't know if we're on a cash basis. And each one of these funds has a checking account. Is that correct? Okay. So we have a checking account that's minus, minus $49,000. I don't think so. So we're paying this money out of some other source. So he's establishing is that what they're doing, that what they're doing is. Thank God we don't get uh, overdraft uh, penalties. <laughs> right. <laughs> Boing, boing. That's what he should have said. That's That would have been the kicker if he had said, you know, if, if we're starting out with a $49,000 negative balance, I can't wait to see all the overdraft messages we're going to get. The reality is we're not. We're just shifting dollars around yeah. to cover that negative balance. And he's making the point that there there is not 100% efficacy in what they're presenting because how do you, you, you know, Connie said to me, when I said this to her, like, like how how does it have a thirteen thousand dollar like deficit at the very beginning of the year? She said, "Are they treating it like as long as we have checks, there's money in the account?" Mm. That's a good point. Um, but, uh, again, <clears throat> you know, this is a township that has a lot of financial assets, and what we want to make sure is that they don't just run through them. <clears throat> so the reality is, there's no negative balance anywhere. Yeah. It's all on paper. But what's important is what's on paper is communicating, you know, the, the values that we're putting on each of these accounts. And I think that what Dave is trying to say overall is, look, we have got to get a handle on every single thing. And we've got to build a layer of trust between the board of supervisors and the administration. Yep. <clears throat> In my first district, when I started out, I came into a district that was spending money, spending down the fund balance, uh, you know, every year losing and, and we were getting below that safety level. And so my first year I said to my, to my finance director who wasn't very happy when I told her this, I said, I want to personally sign every purchase order over $50. And she was, Ted, we've got a $16 million budget. Do you realize? I said, yes, I realize what that's going to mean. That's the only way I'm going to become intimately involved with this budget. I have to know where all these dollars are going. Right. That's the central message that Dave is trying to send to the rest of the board of supervisors. We have to know because we're the ones who are going to get trashed if things go bad, if taxes keep going up, if the fund balance keeps going down, if PA water, they're the ones who are going to get attacked and trashed and potentially lose elections um, over this, not the administration. So I think what he's trying to communicate probably too much like a bull in a china shop. Yeah. He's trying to communicate. We have to know. We are the people who are responsible. We have to know. You all should be reading this treasurer's report as closely as I'm reading it. And we should be getting assistance, not condescension, from the finance director of the community. So the way that it's always gone in the time that I've been paying attention to the supervisors is that the treasurer's report is presented 
and it's just entered as a de facto vote. Right. Like nobody talks about it. Nobody looks at it. It's why I looked at it's like what like he was doing. Agenda thing. Like, hey, let's just. It uh, wasn't the consent yeah. agenda. Yeah. So, so it was really good that he did that, and that's what she should be doing every month. Right. That should be she her should job. Be presenting it and saying, "Are there any questions about items? Can I help explain any of these?" 96% spent or any, you know, what can I help you under, to understand? But instead, she's brazenly insubordinate in public. It's just the I way they've... It, you heard me. Yes. She's brazenly insubordinate to her bosses in public. Yes. So when when they present this, I mean, they have never, ever questioned it. It's just, it's done... Subject to audit, they always say when when they do the the vote. Well, it's kind of like the the check run. Yeah. What happened at the previous board meeting? The check runs normally like, oh yeah, let's just approve it. Oh wait a minute, here's an item for a refund for a country club membership. Right. When we have no policy to give refunds. Yeah. For country club, look, you you sign up to be a member. If you can't take advantage of all that that means. Boo-hoo. Yeah, you gosh. Paid, you know. <clears throat> now, she, if she would present that treasurer's report properly, I mean, you know, this is what would happen. But instead, her thing is, well, if you have any questions, just email me. That doesn't do the public any nope. damn good. Nope. Mm-mm. No. No. Look, fundamentally, I agree with what Dave did, but I disagree with the way that he did it. So I think there's a way to do that. Um, and and really to encourage the colleagues on the board of supervisors to get involved as well to say something like, look, I'll I'll go over the treasurer's report line by line. Will somebody else go over the check run line by line? We have to get a handle on this because we've gone from over ninety million dollars for the sale of the water plant to now forty three million dollars. And they're already admitting that it's going to be 32 because they intend to put $10 million in the in the employee's long-term finance uh, 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 benefits package. Yeah. So they're going to be spending. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So the next clip is, uh, th- th- this is the one that, that has the joke in it. Okay. And I'll explain it after it's said. These funds... Unless I'm incorrect, at least on this page, they're all on a cash basis, right? Except for, is this thing working? Except for the golf and the clubhouse. They are on full accrual. So that's... That's Jennifer Savage. Like, she's not on mic. Right. For once, she's actually sitting in the right. back of the room at this point. And she says, no, that's also cash basis. Well, in the audit report, it's full accrual. That's the audit report. This is the treasurer's report. This is the report. Okay. Right. Okay. So anyway, if we're on a cash basis... I don't know how we can start out with a $13,000 deficit. We can't spend more cash than what we have. What is this line you're drawing? Well, that's one report. This is another. Right. <laughs> See, we do different reports so that we can hide stuff. Like, we'll put something in one report, and then we'll put something totally different in another report. That way, people get confused. They don't know what the heck we're doing. <laughs> it's it, it would be like saying, well, you're talking about peanut butter and jelly versus bologna and cheese, but they're both sandwiches. 
I like I don't know. I don't know what she's getting at with that. But the no, joke I, I is, think I do. It's you know she she wants to be contentious. Yeah. I don't know whether she's playing to a different audience. Like, is she playing to the employees? Is she playing no, possibly. to, you know, her colleagues? So I'm standing up to him. I'm not going to let that guy push me around. F that guy. Yeah, you know. It's, but but the, the cash basis thing, the first time she did that, she was literally, it, it was one of the, their first meetings this year. Mm-hmm. And she was literally standing at the podium going, it's on a cash basis, Mr. Hughes, <laughs> yelling at him. <laughs> And so, like, I went up to him after the meeting. I was at that meeting. I went up to him and I went, it's on a cash basis, <laughs> Mr. Hughes. So now it's a joke. Whenever right. he sees me, it's, right. it's on a well, cash like basis. like I said, you know, I don't know whether she's angling for discipline. Um, mm. But, you know, the, 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 the just public condescension and negativity... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's palpable. People who are in those meetings all the time, you know, I've been going quite frequently, but there are people who've been going for a long time. They they comment yes. on, on her behavior. And I think at the at the uh, the town hall style meeting, there was even one person who stood up and said, why is she still here? And why I, is she still employed? Yeah. yeah. I, I have to ask myself the same question because she doesn't seem very happy. No, it's a great point. If she's this friggin' miserable... In in the normal work a day, dude, go find yourself another job where you're going to be happy because happiness is, is is what it's about. It's not about money. Right. I feel like, you know, especially given what happened at the Oscars, I'm afraid that at one of these supervisors, meetings, <laughs> she's going to come up and slap Dave across the Will face. Smith shows up. Is that it? Okay, so so we get to the next clip, and this one was just, you were sitting directly yeah. in front of me. And you turned around and we were like, Jesus, are you kidding me? So here this goes. This to it read only now for over a month. So so that any of us at any time could run that treasury report. Anytime we wanted to run it, you could be sitting at home and say, well, I want to see what's going on. But we can't get access to it. We cannot get access to our ERP system. Mr. Vollmer received access, and he was got into the system, and he confirmed with me last week that he was successfully in the system. He was the guinea pig because it is not completely simple to get on the system. Diana requested again information and how to get on. I will get it to you this week. But I wasn't about to fight with five different people trying to get on. We were going to get one person on and work through the kinks of getting on from outside of our network. Are, are, you, are you hearing me? Getting on from outside of our network, and then we would deploy it to the... Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? You know, young man. I'm telling you, are you hearing me? Excuse me. It really sounds like the precursor to discipline, you know? (laughs) It does to me, too. Are you hearing me? Because if you're not, I'm going to send you to your room without any supper. Yeah. You know, it just really... That moment, in my mind, solidified that, you know... She is, she's literally asking for discipline. Yes. She's literally saying, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it in public. I'm going to shame you in public. And how, and, and, and I'm going to dare you to provide me with appropriate employee discipline up to and including termination. Because that's what insubordin- yeah. insubordination usually, it, it, when, when you look at an employee handbook and you see employee insubordination, you look at, Maybe subject to discipline up to and including 
yes. dismissal. Yeah. That, I mean, the back and forth, you don't have to agree with David Hughes. The community voted him into that position. That's right. And that that's <clears throat> And he that's faced the word. a mountain because he had to go, you know, with the writing campaign to even get on the ballot. Then he gets on the you know, and there was all the shenanigans about trying to keep him off the ballot and everything else. He overcame all of those obstacles. So yep. obviously this community wants him there. That is correct. It doesn't Ed. matter how you feel about him being there. This community wants him and his work ethic to be looking out for our financial interests. Yep. That's what he's doing. Live with it. When he did that, when he had to, uh, when when he got kicked off the ballot and he had to do the write-in and he got an incredible, he got like 800 and something people to write him in. Right. Which is, and it's some, like a hundred on the Democrat side, I right. think. Right. So it's, it's unheard of is correct and that is a mandate and so when he goes to the election the general and he wins as soon as he won i said the people who work at the township in the administration of the township have to pay attention to this vote total because this is the people speaking it's she does not hear that right that vote that process was indicative of the level of mistrust that this community has with the previous board of supervisors who were not acting transparently in public and with this administration that allowed a lot of things to happen yeah. that have had repercussions for all kinds of employees. Yes. So, you know, sweep it under the rug. We get, let's just get past the election. Oh crap. Now, he won. now that he won, that means the rug is going to be flipped and you know, the, the roaches are going to be crawling out from underneath it. And that's what happened. Yeah. So, so now we're dealing with those repercussions and, I really do believe that if she's not, if she doesn't adjust her demeanor and her attitude and her presentation, I, I don't know how long the rest of the board can allow her. Just because she's attacking Dave. Yeah. But there's a clue in that clip where she was like, you know, Diane Reeser asked for it and we're working. It's like, if Diane Reeser asked for it, you should be, that should be like your number one priority. Get it figured out. Don't tell me that you need a guinea pig. To figure this out. Yeah, it's it was just which she does need to recalibrate because it's I agree. It, it really does. It really does speak to not just disrespect to Dave. You she's showing disrespect for all of for them. all of us and us. That's, yeah. that's valid, too. Yeah. So she really I think really needs to recalibrate that. Uh, agreed. You know, as I said at the beginning brazenly insubordinate in public. Yeah. Like that's a dare. And it's been several meetings that she's had that. Cause I've been at meetings where she's just sat in the back and done peanut gallery chit chat all meeting along. Like she'll roll her eyes and, you know, say something to, you know, she's playing to a certain audience. That's mm -hmm. what we have to understand. Yeah. We have to find out, you know, who is she playing to? Are there sympathizers that she's, you know, I'm going to stand up. I'm not going to let him roll all over me. And, yeah. You know, so it's, 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 you know what I think I'm going to do? I think I'm going to get a microphone that I can attach to my phone and just hang it over my shoulder. Cause she's usually sitting right, right behind me, right. but she's just quiet enough that that, it, yeah. that you can't really tell. It comes out like, like that, you yeah. know, like you don't hear it. The microphone will pick that up and I'll be able to amplify it. So maybe I'll do that. That would be cool. What well, do you but think? you're saying you're going to do it, so now she's going to shut up. 
and maybe that's my goal. <laughs> <laughs> what else have we got to talk okay. about here? So for let, let's let's go with uh, we can be done with those clips. Yep. Uh, there's one or two more, but it doesn't really add anything to it. So they approved interim township manager Clarence Ham for a thousand dollar a month raise for as long as he's acting as the manager which i like this is something i could not disagree with more and it was a three two vote with uh Hughes and kircher voting no for this but they do this all the freaking time they just throw they love throwing money at the employees for absolutely no reason think now, I, this is one where i'm gonna i'm, I'm just gonna Take a, take a moment here. Mm-hmm. If indeed, now, now, I would agree with you if the Board of Supervisors would say, Clarence, don't do public works. We're going to let your assistant handle that. You just focus on township manager job until we get a new one. Yes. If they were going to do that, I would agree with you that they don't need to pay him more. But if what they're saying is, look, we need you to keep doing all the public works stuff and you've got to add on responsibilities equivalent to the bare minimum that a township manager does. Then I think he should be paid extra. But again, I think we can quibble about how you do it, whether you put him in as interim township manager and just give him the township manager's salary, and then he has to revert back when you find a new one, um, or you do it the way they've done it with you know a stipend for additional duties. But you got to clearly, you can't just say, we'll give you an extra thousand bucks. You got to clearly spell out in an yes. addendum to his contract that while you were, correct. while you are performing both duties, you will be paid a stipend of a thousand dollars a month for successful completion of those duties. Like now it doesn't matter whether he does the job well or does it crappily, he's still going to get the thousand bucks a month. So I think there was, they needed to do more, but I, I agree with the basic concept that if they're going to make him do two things, he should get an additional stipend. See, I don't agree with that because he is management. He is salaried. And every job that I ever had when I worked for somebody else, every job I've ever had, Other duties they the said, time. here you go, Jerry. Here you go. I need you to do this. need you to do that. Am I yeah. going to I never said it, but I could have said, am I going to get paid more? And they would have said, the hell do you think? Right. No, you're just going to do it. Shut up and do it, idiot. Well, that I mean, that is an argument. Um, and I, you know, I, I took that initial argument when, when I was discussing this on social media, but then I, I did back it off. And again, I, I think there's just more that needed to be done rather than just throw that because one of the things that was pointed out during that meeting was, Hey, we did this before we paid somebody 500 bucks extra <laughs> a month to produce minutes. Up. And then they didn't. Yeah. So how do you, well, you they weren't successful. So do you get that 500 back? No, you've no. already paid it. So so instead, what we're going to do is we're going to touch the hot stove again. I mean, it's just, just learn from your mistake. True. True. Okay. So the, the next thing that came up was the, the township website saga. Oh, my gosh. This is and weird. they so they they ultimately decided to keep the company that's doing it, their name is Revise. Right, which I think was a great decision because of the grandfather, you know, we're grandfathered in a lower cost, so good decision. And what came out, especially with Dave Vollmer's report, is we'll do whatever you want. You know, we we will revise the website, we'll update the website. You just got to 
tell us what to do because mm-hmm. we're not mind readers. And to me, the the saddest thing is that, you know, and I'm going to give uh, Fred Whitehawk a, a shout out here. You have Fred Whitehawk who has experience doing this. Right. Who's literally telling you, set up a community volunteer committee. I mm-hmm. will serve on it and I will help with this website. Right. You've got a person with experience offering to do it for nothing. Yeah. And and you just don't you just don't even So I think there's a way forward on the website. Um and I think it's a, a way forward that's not gonna cost a lot of money. Um I think it was just you know, and, and again, the administration was sitting there going, well, we can't do this because we got people who are doing too much and we, we can't do this. It's like, no. okay, if if that's the truth, then we don't have the right people. That's correct. So, I, you know, In I don't opinion. remember. I Well, this is an opinion show, right. so you shouldn't even have to say right. that. But they... I don't remember which township... It might have been Clarence who said... Well, we just we don't have anybody on staff who can do it. Nobody knows how to do it. We we would need to be able to report to them. But I'll I'll we need to know that something's wrong. I can tell you that I did no oh less gosh. than three emails oh, to all of the so supervisors yeah. last year and to uh, Jeff Bartlett. I did a couple of articles in the Exeter Examiner in which I said, "What the hell are you people doing with this?" With this website, it's atrocious. I, I remember one of your things in particular, where and, and I didn't understand it until I actually went to try and go get minutes for the meetings. Yeah. It, it's in reverse. It's in yeah. the wrong order. Like the oldest one is at the top. You yeah. have to scroll all the way to the bottom to find the current one. And nobody has said, gee, that seems really inconvenient. You know, Dave Vollmer used the, the term above the fold. Yes. Everything needs to be... When you click on... Anything in that website, when you click on what you're looking for, the most important, most current stuff has to be above the fold. That's right. And you got to scroll. It's it's like looking for my uh, birth year when I'm trying to sign up for something. I got to <laughs> scroll a long way to find that. It's the truth. I mean, at, at least if you're if you're going for that one, at least you know you got to go all the way to the bottom. But you got to go all the way to the bottom. Yeah. And yeah, this is a huge first world problem. Yeah. We're spoiled rich Americans, yes, yep, all yep, that yep, kind of stuff. Yep. But Damn it, we're paying for something. Give us what we want. Yeah. And and again, I, I think, you know, there have been several people who have come forward at, at multiple meetings. You know, I've sent emails as well saying, look, use the community. There, there are people who want to volunteer, who want to help because we want to keep, we, we do want to keep the taxes low. So yep. if you can get a community volunteer in a position or in a, an advisory capacity that doesn't require a lot of background checks and stuff like that, oh my goodness, you know, just just set up the uh, set up the committee invite people to come and volunteer and then ask them what they want to work on How, you know maybe there are people who just want to work at the RCC and help with spring planting to beautify the RCC or maybe there are people who just say you know what um, if if we can let's let's organize a monthly clean up one section of a road and you know cuz i mean there's lots of different things that people could bring their time and talent to sure but they have to you know they have to be open to that and my fear is that this community's administrative staff are operating you know out of some sort of fear yeah that if somebody comes in and finds out what we're really doing 
the jig's going to be up and we're all going to be, you know, <laughs> out the door. And instead of just saying, look, you know, I've got confidence in what I'm doing. If someone wants to help out, I think that would be great. Yeah. If we can take the website, you know, uh, revision update off of their, you know, off of their desk, they should be championing that. But again, they are so contentious. And at times, not throughout the whole meeting, but at times Clarence was as well. Now, oh, I yeah. recognize some of it is just born out of frustration. Yeah. And I wouldn't want my uh, potential stipend to be discussed in public and to have, you know, a couple people saying he doesn't deserve it. Well, dude, that comes under the heading of tough shit. Well, okay? okay. Because, oh, I cursed. Because your, Second time tonight, your, your salary is a matter of public record. You know, I mean, I am very, very guarded about money. Mm-hmm. I don't discuss money with anybody because it's none of their business. Right. But you work well, for the public. public. Employee, right? I'll give you the best example. The church that uh, I, I, I used to attend. I went to their yearly, uh, I think it's called a charge meeting or something, where all the budget things are discussed. Okay. And they talk about, you know, the pastor's salary and I'm, I'm sitting right behind him and I tapped him on the shoulder and I went, this is giving me chills hearing what you make. He was like, what are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to That's the way it is. Was it low or high that gave you chills? Oh, it was hot. Oh no, no. Just the fact that it was being discussed Oh, because I'm so intensely private about that stuff. Yeah. But I mean, in those types of positions where you are dependent upon a community, yes. Community has to know. Yes, they do. And it's it's right and proper. So that's the township. Okay. Uh, I think you should take the point on the school board nose picking meeting. <laughs> I'll be happy to do that. Okay. I'm sure the school board members will be happy that I'm taking point as well. Okay. So this week, uh, obviously, Mike Japina resigned. Um, I'm still not sure why. Uh, Mike Japina resigned mm-hmm. because he's now at every meeting. He's at he's at all. He's meetings. at the planning commission meeting. He's at the township supervisors meeting. He's at the school board meetings. Yeah. So he certainly can't be saving any time by quitting the uh, the school board. So there must be some other reason that he did. So once he quit, they announced the process of replacing him, putting someone to fulfill the rest of his term, which ends in 2023. Uh, Suspicious people would say that that was a very strategic move to give someone who will run in the next election uh, two years of experience on the school board to claim that, you know, in any election, well, I've got the experience. Right. Their ultimate choice, it it doesn't really matter uh, on their ultimate choice. But they announced the process, hey, you put in a letter saying that you're interested, we'll do interviews, and then we will choose uh, someone who will fill out the rest of that term. Right. And so we end up with three candidates. Yeah. Three candidates for a two-year spot on the term, including one candidate who is the son-in-law of a current school board member. Right, so we've got three candidates. Right, Brian Fox. Right, Dave Hamburger's son-in-law. Dave Hamburger, Jonathan Scacia. Doctor Jonathan Scacia. Doctor Jonathan Scacia, as we learned, and Bob Quinner, former seventy-eight term school board member. Seventy-eight term. (laughs) 
<laughs> he was on the school board for Well, you know, he brought the tablets down from the mountain and then he joined the Exeter School <laughs> Board. <laughs> so those were our three candidates. Right. All right. And so I missed the entire meeting. It was over by the time I got done with the baseball game that mm-hmm. night. So I had to watch the video. and But I was there. You were there. That's right. And Skasha even mentioned you. Right. And, and he I said, was. He I said, was, like, Ted's over there taking, taking. Do you know him? Yeah. Well, we, so we both applied for a previous vacancy. Right. And then we've had some interaction on, on social media. Yeah. We, we, we're, we're not in agreement in many issues. But yeah. um, what I like about uh, Dr. Skasha is I, I like his enthusiasm and I, yep. I I like the fact that he you know is is a is a thoughtful person even yep. if I disagree with him um, but he he had applied before uh, I think this may be like the third or fourth time that he's applied for a vacant third time uh, that I'm aware Which of was I mean not he's the dude he, he he is one hell of a nice guy yeah I've had phone conversations I run into him in places and and ex, uh, exchanged he, emails and he's got with a very him. interesting background as well because you know as a as a, a a social psychologist I mean he really he studies systems right you know the unfortunate thing is he studies them way too deeply yes um, so yeah. with that in mind now when he walked in, I, I, I mean, I watched his interview and I went, he's goofing on them, I think. Like, I, I didn't know if he was goofing on them or if he might have been conducting a social experiment because he walks in oh, and the first that. 15 seconds is him adjusting the chair. It was right. like Andy Kaufman. Right. You know what I mean? And, and, and after, this side is on that side. Is this, oh, here right. over here. You know. Right. And I think... I really do think that he's playing him to watch reactions or something because he also walked in with a can of Coke. And a computer, an open computer. That I didn't see in the video. He had an open computer, a can of Coke. He put the computer down, Coke down, tried to sit down, then he adjusted. Now, I don't know um, if that was what was in his mind. I I have no idea. Probably not. It's just more fun that way. Yeah, well. Um, But... So then, so each of them, they have a question that's asked by each sitting school board member. Yes. And, you know, I I wrote down, you know, on the first set of of questions, I wrote down all the questions and, and, uh, and then I, then I started just categorizing uh, responses, but there were a couple of questions in particular that, we're, we're just unbelievable that this board yeah. would have the hubris yeah. to ask such a question. Okay. So, so let, let, let's let play these clips. So now sure. the first person was uh, Brian Fox. Uh, Bradley Fox. Brad. Brad? Bradley Fox. Yep. My bad. My bad. I'm sorry. Dave so, Hamburger's son-in-law. Exactly. You have your son-in-law apply for a vacancy on this board. This could be why Dave wasn't there that night. I'm sure it is. I'm sure yeah. he felt like it would be a conflict for him. To, you know, <laughs> this is so funny. The real it sounds ridiculous, doesn't the it? The real conflicts that they have, they just kind of ignore. But these, you know, supposed conflict. Oh, well, you know, he's my son-in-law. I can't vote for him to, to take a spot on the... Yeah, I can't look uh, like that it. Would be, uh, that would be a conflict of interest. <laughs> yeah. a conflict of interest was even indicating that he should apply in the first place. 
so the the first question was uh, that was asked to him was this, and and Ted, I want to preface this by saying I am not picking on this guy. I'm picking on the idiocy of these questions. Right. Okay. I'm picking on the idiocy of these questions. As we move towards the superintendent interview process, what are the three most important qualities you would like to see from a candidate? It's actually not a bad question. It's not. That wasn't Q1. That was Q3. No. Well, the video... The video starts at question three. Right, right. So question because one. Because I, I don't know what happened, yeah. but it starts at three. Yeah. But so this is the first one that you have. Yeah, this is the first one that I got. There we go. And why? Now listen to the pauses. Three important. Um, I would say the one, a superintendent that's going to have some qualities where she's uh, they're going to have more open communication I think with uh, the public um, I guess there's always communication there with the board but maybe more uh. okay if if you're gonna say that that's the most one of the most important categories then Kim Miner should have never left because Kim Miner did she over communicated she did she was she did you know she did video you know she did yep parent phone calls i mean kim minor if that's the most important quality i i think what you're getting at with the pauses is that this was a young man who was just not very well prepared no he wasn't for this interview like he wasn't didn't didn't think about what kinds of questions would be asked yeah from a board that is conducting a superintendent search building a budget and negotiating a teacher contract right so on than what it might have been in the past. But I'm not in your shoes yet, so um, that would be a one thing. Um, someone that allows everyone to, to do their job. Uh, we have a lot of people here that are hired to do their job, and we don't need someone to... We need someone to delegate, but not someone to oversee every little aspect of that job that's what can i posit a theory here yeah sure now the the first thing that he said was communicate you have already dispelled communicate right i can't dispel this but i'm 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 willing to bet that this is inside ball okay that this is what his father-in-law has told him oh she she's just she she's micromanaging but, but that is exactly the job of the superintendent you are to oversee every aspect of the school district because it's your butt on the line yeah you sh- are ultimately the person responsible for the decisions that are brought to the board so if you're if you're just a you know there I, I have superintendent colleagues who care about two things football team and marching band Right. You know, you get the marching band to be good and all the parents are happy about that. Football team wins. You can skate on everything else. Yeah. This is literally, it, it, it could be, you could be right. This could be inside baseball kind of thing. But that's literally the job of the superintendent. The problem is not a single one of the three gave any kind of a meaningful answer to this question. Yeah. And, and I don't have 
anything from the other two. I don't right. have any clips from the other no, two. No, I, I mean, I, but I, I listened to their responses intently on this question because I think, there, as I've said many times before on this podcast, there are three things that this board needs to focus on. One, the superintendent search. They made an incredibly large error in going with the BCIU as their search firm. Yep. So I'm, I'm already not thinking they're going to do a good job on this. Number two, they need to build a comprehensive budget, one that reduces costs and builds back their fund balance. I don't think there's, there's no indication that that's going to happen. Not while they're overspending like right. they and are. And three, they need to negotiate a tough negotiation. They need to negotiate a teacher's contract in a very tough environment for negotiating yep. with a board that is severely compromised. The majority of this board is compromised when it comes to teacher negotiations. Yep. So, you know, I don't think it's a good question because they don't know what the three most important qualities of a suit, you know, the, the rest of the board, how can they judge the answer to the question when they don't know the answer to the question? Yeah. Yeah. So, so he goes on. That's what we hire people to do, to do their job. Yeah. But the micromanaging thing. Okay. I, I can tell you from, from my days on the school board, they always banged on Bob Phillips. Right. He doesn't communicate. What do you mean? Every time a kid farts at Lorraine Elementary, we get an email. Oh, little Johnny Smith farted. I had to go over and check things out. We used to get emails all the time. Every Friday, there was a report at 345 it came. At 345 every week. Here's what happened in the schools this week. How do you say this guy doesn't communicate? I think external You pick up the phone. I think external communication was probably not his. Compared the last two because that's the only ones I've seen is Bob right. Phillips and Kim Miner. Comparing the last two, Kim did a much better job with external communication. Possibly. So maybe he did a better job with internal communication. Yeah. But again, my point on this question is the rest of the board has no idea what, the, you know, what were they asking to get some, you know, well, what do you think? I mean, is that what they were asking? You know, and I know they have a survey going out. We we talked about that last time. I think that survey is very, very dangerous yep. with the questions they're asking. But that question, I mean, it wasn't the worst one they asked. No, it wasn't. Night. There's two that are considerably worse. Right. But it, it and, and I will say, having listened to everyone's responses, no one gave a good response to that question. But yeah. the board doesn't know. No. So then we went on to uh, another question. Mr. Fox, there are consistently two public board meetings a month that can end at 9 p.m., but at times can end at 11 p.m. with an executive session following. Also, there are months where we hold several executive session meetings to address personnel issues, aside from the public board meeting that can be scheduled last minute. Is your schedule flexible enough to accommodate the unpredictable schedule? Yeah, uh, like in the beginning, uh I knew I was I was busy, and that was why I knew I, I, I was asked at that time. You know, hey, in the beginning of what? In the beginning of his conversations with his father-in-law, I guess. Oh yeah, you should get in the ring. You should try it. You should try it out. Oh, you'd love it. And it wasn't things. He's right about everybody should serve on a school board. At some point, everybody should do it, man. You, you you know the Mark Twain quote about school boards. Don't Let's you? go. You know. Let's get. Like, well, give it to me. I, I mean, I, I, it's not coming to me. Um, God wanted to create idiots, 
But first he created schoolboys <laughs> for practice. <laughs> it wasn't things I uh I knew I, I knew I would. I, I feel that I would love it. Um but I just knew the timing wasn't right. I know there's t- get to hang out with my father in law. Well, but you know, and, and I don't think we need to play the whole clip. Um, no. I, I think I think the point is that the question about schedule was again a ridiculous question. Look, Why am I here? You know, you know, if 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 you don't understand what the school board is, then why did you apply? I failed to pull the clip that. Uh, uh, oh, the best Jonathan Scacious Doctor Scacious answer when, when they asked him that question. He said very matter of factly, "Of course not. I'm a busy person. We're all busy, but we need to make the time for important stuff." But the, the, his opening of "Of course yeah. not." Yeah. it was that so was great. That was bold. It was great, man. I mean, he had a couple of really bold responses, but that one was like. Like when they asked that question, he, he you can read his body language. It's like, it, I, I'm assuming he's he's like, that is a dumb question, you know. <laughs> of course, I'm not going to be available for every one of these teeny tiny little you know meetings that you guys think are so heck, you know important that everybody's got. No, I'll maybe I'll have to call in. Maybe yeah. I'll have to zoom in. Yeah. I will be you know I'll be as present as I possibly can. But I'm not going to commit right up front to you know anytime you you want to pull the the string. I'm supposed to be like you know like Woody. There's a snake in my boot and uh, just come running. <laughs> of course not. Right. What a great response. So uh, then comes the one that I'm calling the Gordian knot. The, the thing that cannot be solved. So I, I, I listen to this question. Like, I think if it, I had been asked this question, I would have just gotten up and punched each one of them in the face. Are you kidding me? Listen to this. Hi, Mr. Fox. Identify a recent board decision that you felt strongly about and describe how you would balance community concerns, student needs, state and federal law, staff considerations, and your personal values and beliefs to determine how to vote on the issue. What? (laughs) And especially to have Allison ask that question. Hi there. Um, So, (laughs) tell us how you would solve this unsolvable problem. How would you balance all of these competing interests? You know, so it's basically like, well, while us, juggling knives, tell, tell us tell us a, de- a decision you disagreed with, but then explain how um, the the job of a school board director is so impossible that there's no way we could. I mean, it's like obviously it's like well we'll solve our uh, solve, give us a solve for our conscience because there are lots of decisions that we've been making lately that a lot of people don't agree with. And <laughs> Man, so there we you need go. some we need some backup out there. We need people to understand how tough our job really is. Yeah. So, so wait till you hear his response. And, and it's not his response. Dead silence. I think the first one is like 10 or 12 seconds. Like, he's got to be saying to himself at this point, are you effing kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was something I didn't see coming. I didn't see that asshole question coming. Okay, that's number three. You got to... You got to... You got to... You know, back off. Rain it in. It's 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 a confusing question. It's a long winded question. Yeah, and it's really not. You know, like I said, I couldn't discover. I couldn't decide. Rather, I couldn't decide if they were just trying to get people to give them cover publicly. Right. Yeah. You know, 
Tell us a decision you disagreed with, but then tell us how you would have balanced all of these things that we have to balance in solving these unsolvable problems, which no one likes our solution to. <laughs> because we always choose the wrong one. <laughs> No, I'm just trying to, <laughs> just trying to think. There's a there's a lot to it, and uh, the cacophony that's going on in that his, was his head. Right pause. Now. That was his yeah. second pause. Yeah, I mean, I, I I feel bad for this poor guy. I I do too because you know, a someone encouraged him to apply that had no business encouraging him to apply. Yeah. I mean, if if. If the fact that you encourage this young man to apply means you can't even vote on his on his yeah. you know candidacy, then that's not a really good recommendation. You know, and and especially for a person who is ostensibly the board's conscience on policy. Right. Which they just disregard all the time anyway. Yeah, yeah. But to have this person who's like, "Well, I'm the policy guy. I'm the po-. Well, I'm going to invite my son-in-law who is going to have a built-in conflict um, to to apply for this board. And I know that he's not prepared. Yeah. I, I know he's not prepared right. for the level of questions he's going to get. I, I don't think that's a favor. Um, the good news means Hamburger did not feed him the question. That's true. That, because that is- he would have had something. Something pulled up for this. And I just... I when I heard that question, I paused the video and I like threw my head back and was laughing uproariously. Well, and I was like, "How dare they ask such an idiotic question?" But again, that's not the worst question that they asked. No, and that's coming. You want that now? I do like, want that. Now. I've got a whole another minute and a half of him f- trying to fumble through an answer to this idiot's question. And I'm not pointing to Allison as the idiot. I mean, idiots in the large sense. Right. So uh, the final one is this. Last one. So you can relax. Do you have any current conflicts of interest or prior affiliations with any group that may preclude you from taking part in voting on the new superintendent, personnel contract, renewal, or yearly budget? <laughs> for that board to be asking that question so do you have any conflicts of interest kind of like mr morgan over there or mr mel over here or mrs wilson over there or mr fiddler over there or your your father-in-law uh, dr hamburger because uh, they all have conflicts they all have past or current uh, relationships with PSEA members. That's members of the teachers union that they are negotiating a contract with. So how dare they ask candidates to declare that they have no conflicts when sitting around that table, the majority of them have conflicts. That is a horrible question. I wanted to say to, to Andrea, to Dr. Battler, you should be asking that question of the current members of the board. That's right. Let's let's get their conflicts out. And that is let's exactly not, right. And let's not ask the solicitor if that's really a conflict. Let's just say, do you know, are you friends with, have you in the past been married to or been a relative of a person who is a member of the teachers union in the state writ large? Were you ever a member of the teachers union writ large? Because... Whether or not you currently are, 
If you have a past membership, you have friends and colleagues who are going to reach out to you yep. during contract negotiations. Yes. So how dare they ask that question? It's a fraternity. It, in, in in essence, it's a horrible question to ask if yep. you are not going to clear that board of the current conflicts, which would leave you with four people. Yeah. So I was really hoping that Jonathan Scatia was going to go. You mean like the guy I'd be replacing? Right. Right. You mean like or the guy like who him. just You mean like the guy who just quit, who just resigned, who who quit, didn't even fill out his term, but who's sitting in the audience <laughs> at every single meeting writing down in his little, you know, notebook everything that's going on because his wife is a current teacher. So, and I understand he did vote on the previous contract. It was a mistake, in my air quotes again. But he voted. And so, you know, there, there's so much yet to talk about with this. Um, the biggest thing was this was an incredibly poor pool of candidates. Well, Three you know, candidates. It, so now we end up with Bob Quinter. But I've got to tell you, of the three, I'm picking Scatia. I'm picking him of those three. There's no question. I, I agree with you. The guy, the guy has a brain. He's the very guy sharp. thinks. Yeah. Okay. Yes. He, we he, might disagree. He with does whatever like to hear his voice too much. He likes to his and and that's what I would I'm have told accused him. of that. I, I would have told him, Jonathan, Doctor Doctor Scatia, discipline your answers because you have good answers, but you need to be disciplined yeah. about those answers. And yeah. that I think is what is frightening to this board is that you might be there. And and because you would go on and on, those meetings would go to eleven o'clock p.m. So I, I agree with you. I think I think Dr. Skatia had the the best answers, um, but again, those questions were just and and I went through they the were previous. I, I went through the previous one. So I have to tell you, the previous one they only asked three questions, and they were questions like, you know, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? I mean, it, they, they were again really dumb questions. So if Superman and the Hulk fought, who would, who win? would win? You know. So yeah, it, it and I think it's indicative of the problems that this board has that they had such a poor pool of candidates. I know that in their minds, they're they're going with all of the national stuff that's going, oh, you know, there's all these problems. People are reading in the newspapers. They don't want it. No, no, no. It's this board. It's this board that people do not want to work with. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with you because, so now I, 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 I know this is probably Jerry the narcissist popping up, but I think that that, conflict question is due to the talking that we've done on that issue. Sure. I think that's what put that question in there. I don't think there's any question because obviously the strategic minds who are controlling the narrative for the school board, you know, the, the, the people who are, who have employed a strategy that, um, you know, that, that they've thought out, Hey, if, if you quit now, then you can do this and you can control the narrative by, you know, putting our point of view out there and not allowing any other points of view. So we'll, we'll get our positive out there. And, and by the way, I'll, I'll link to your articles constantly, <laughs> I'll, you know, even though it previously was my, you know, thing, it's so incestuous yeah. and really despicable that they're trying to cover up and present only one point of view. Yeah. Well, I guess everybody's entitled 
Sure. But uh, so the question that comes out of this is, why did you not apply? <laughs> I mean, let let you, let, let you, me go through your resume. <laughs> now, stop. Let me let me let, let me blow no, some. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so you've been you, you started out as a math teacher. Correct. Never. Both of your parents were teachers. Correct. It's a family affair. Right. You, you you're. You start out as a math teacher. You move into central administration. By the way, in the very school district where I grew up, which <laughs> freaked my ass out when we met. So uh, you then went on to be a superintendent. You have written textbooks. You now work for the college board system. Who in Exeter is more qualified than you to hold that seat? Well, thank you. Um, but there is no way I could work with this board because I would be a single voice on that board and it is dominated by the conflicts of its members. Yeah. And I'm not going to fight against people who have a, a relationship with the very organization that we have to hold accountable. Understandable. It's so, understandable yeah, so that you I, would have a... I, I did apply once before. As you know, I ran. I was not successful. Yep. You know, the community, you know, my messaging obviously didn't resonate. And and that of the uh, candidates that won did resonate. Mm-hmm. Um, Despite but, the fact that not a single one of them did anything that resembled campaigning. Yeah. But go on. But, but, you know, looking at them now, looking at the makeup of that board, you know, it, it's going to be... Look, we, we are coming up on some very important things that this community is going to hear about. Yep. That budget is, is going to be developed. It's going to be presented. And the interesting question to ask, the provocative question to ask will be, so, Mr. Fike, what percent increase in the teacher contract did you use to figure this budget? Because exactly that will be right. a prediction of where the negotiations are headed. Right. And, you know, there are a couple of members of this current board that campaigned on the idea that they would protect the taxpayers. And mm-hmm. one in particular, I mean, because I, I, I know I, I was out campaigning and, and doing walk arounds and talking to people and they were like, oh, well, yeah, well, he told me, you know, his, his, his website says he's going to protect the taxpayers. What he didn't tell them was that there were two taxpayers that he was concerned about protecting, himself <laughs> and his wife. Because I got I to gotta tell you, once this new contract goes through, any increase in his school taxes is going to be more than paid for by his wife's increase in salary. It's a really great point that you're making. And it's, it's why the, the, the self-feeding thing, it's why this is such a damned conflict of interest. And the fact that they, they have to see it, Ted. They have to see it and are just willfully going, screw you. I'm going to do this. Screw you. Well, I think that they're getting, in my opinion, they're getting bad advice from their solicitor because she's just, oh, it's, it, it's not really a conflict. Yeah. It could be fought. Hey, we we are getting close on time, and I know you have a last word. Um, I actually don't have a last oh, you word. Don't? I didn't, okay, I didn't, well, I didn't, so I want to just, I want to yeah, do a do shout that. out here. Um, because obviously we've we've just spent a lot of time in a in a fairly pointed way identifying some negatives about the community. Yep. And I, I want to be able, just like we did last show with the Reading Civic Theater and with uh, Jeanette D'Angelo being so gracious um, with her time, I want to highlight you know a positive yes um, for us. And so um, 
we have someone who is an Exeter resident um, who is running a really intriguing boutique. Yep. It's called Magnolia Dreams. It's uh, it's in Birdsboro, but it's kind of like, I want to say it's a consignment boutique, but it, it is it is a maker space for uh, a variety of vendors. And so when you mm-hmm. go to Magnolia Dreams, you're going to find really eclectic rooms full of just fascinating items. Some of them are a little uh, on the risque side. Uh, yes. Some of them are just flat out beautiful. There's some great jewelry there. Um, but Magnolia Dreams, if you haven't visited it yet, um, out in Birdsboro, and I'm, I'm going to get the address for you. Uh, it is, uh, gosh, it's on, it's 345 West Main Street. Um, it is it is really just a very, very cool place. More than 40 vendors. Um, every, you know, one of the things that they say is that every inch of the building is used for some kind of merchandise that is either curious or risque or beautiful or unique. It yep. is a great place to go visit. Highly, highly recommend um, you visiting Magnolia Dreams. Um, it's uh, it's Carrie McCarty's business. She is an Exeter um, an Exeter resident, and it's located in the shops on Main along Route Seven Twenty Four. Uh, just hey, go. You will spend. I guarantee you, you're going to spend an hour just either giggling at a coffee mug or wondering about the vendor who does these beautiful earrings or chatting with Carrie. Um, It is a fascinating place and it's, it's, it's actually local vendors. So you're not going to the big box stores and buying something that everyone else has. You're buying something unique and you're supporting local vendors and you're supporting uh, a Carrie's, uh, boutique. Uh, it is just a fascinating place. You will not regret going and spending an hour and maybe a, a couple of dollars yep. and you'll find some really unique gifts that will please people. Uh, one of the things that we we did that we bought there uh, and gave it as a Christmas gift to our, our grandkids that our, our, our son and, and daughter-in-law and grandkids, they, they like to camp. Yeah. So Carrie had these big, huge buckets that are um, they're like outdoor Yahtzee sets. The dice are huge, you know. Oh wow! And they got and it's a big like ten gallon bucket. Yeah. And then it's it's got this the score sheet laminated, and so it's like, well, heck, they're going to be outside. My grandkids are going to play outside, go yep. camping, and you know not have their screen. <laughs> and it's something where they can shake this big bucket. Right. You know, you can imagine a seven year old the joy that's going to be on their face. I want to shake them. So they shake the bucket and throw out the the dice, these big yep. huge dice, and they play Yahtzee outside. That was an item I found there. So that's dynamite. Yeah, go to Magnolia Dreams. Make sure you've got an hour because you're going to spend that much time and buy some unique items. Been in there once, actually twice. I she and I started a conversation uh, on social media, and I just dropped in to say hello to her, to meet her, and everything. And after I saw the place, I was like, "Well, Connie would love this." Right. So I took Connie, and sure enough, she right. loved it. And right. she has since taken my daughter Jenna when she came home from uh, Florida, you know, for Christmas. Took her there, and and so it's yeah, oh, man, it, it's, it's a real interesting it, place. If, if you've got gifts to buy, and yeah. if you've got. Um, if you've got unique people to buy gifts for, that is the place to go. Yep. Now, now ask me a, if I've got a last word. 
I, I'm gonna. Do you have a last word, Jerry? I do, but okay. you know what? I'm gonna keep your happy, crappy vein going <laughs> instead of having the, the the normal Jerry acid. So I got a press release from the Exeter Fire Department. Okay, they have a new website, brand new, redesigned, and they want it to, uh, uh, to be known to the populace. It is Exeter TWP Fire. 25.com so again that is exeter twp fire 25.com so there is new openness and there are some very positive things happening absolutely along with that you know the police report uh, at the last meeting was uh, was pretty cool too so yeah and we got to take some uh, calls here that that call oh. was actually uh, from somebody. So uh, whoever that was, it just called call back four, eight, four, six, six, eight, one, six, six, three, four, eight, four, six, six, eight, one, six, six, three. I was just, I was in the middle of rolling and I wasn't going to stop. Baby. Yeah. I was rolling. Okay. There it is. Okay. Hey, now this is the Exeter underground. Who's this? This is Jerry. Jerry. Oh, Jerry Weinsteiger. Oh, it's Jerry. You, I had to be the first caller to call in here. Okay. Uh, how you doing, man? What's on your mind? Well, here's my question. Before I make any comments, are you going to block me from your site <laughs> if I say something you don't agree with? Jerry, like consider you, yourself... Consider yourself banned already. <laughs> that's oh, that's a Jerry. I'm I'm so glad you you made that comment because we've we've been trying to be kind of a little discreet in talking about this uh, controlling the narrative strategy. But you and and I both are uh, are blocked from certain uh, from commenting on certain websites because they don't they don't like our point of view. Yeah, so that's why I, I kind of re-nicknamed it the Exeter Pravda. Because that's what they do in Russia. They, if they don't say what they want to hear, they block you. So, And Jerry, does um, that happen at the Exeter uh, Examiner? Absolutely not. Some of the same people I see spouting off on the in, informant, we all know who they are. It's no secret. <laughs> what wonderful things they've done in the past and they're all patting themselves on the back. Uh, and I, I, I can picture these guys sitting around telling each other how good they did in the past and, uh, uh, sitting behind, sitting around a, a bonfire, roasting marshmallows, singing Kumbaya to each other. But, I, I, uh, you know, the point you make, bottom is a good line one. is, the point you make, Jerry, it's a good one, that, that they do spend a lot of time patting each other on the back, but I got to believe that they're triple-jointed because they also pat themselves on the back pretty frequently, too. <laughs> right, and if they were so daggum good, why aren't they still in a position of authority? But that's for another topic. Uh, I find it amazing that uh, I won't even go to... I can go read passages on there i just can't comment on them but you know it's his site he can do what he wants now going back to the board of supervisors meeting 
after our finance manager was totally out of line. Uh, you guys at number two and number three, really, if you're going to make it up to number one, <laughs> as you claim you are number one, you've got to be able to walk to the podium and have so much heat coming off your body that when you get to the podium, it wants to go up in flames. Spontaneous combustion. That's how much, that's how much intensity you have to have. And what Jerry's referring to is my claim last week that I am <laughs> the most powerful man in Exeter. And that Not uh, anymore, bud. And that <laughs> Ted is the second most powerful man in Exeter, but now we have to revise those. That's right. I Jennifer think, Savage I think she put you in your place. Jennifer Savage is yeah, the most I, powerful man in, in Exeter. <laughs> The most powerful person. Person. I'm sorry. Did I say man? Yeah. Don't. You got. Yeah. You. You got to say person because we can't say he, she, gentleman, gentlewomen. When uh, that's that doesn't. Fit. But uh, after the meeting, I did talk to a higher level board of supervisor, and I said, you know, I've worked all my life, and had I talked to a person in charge who I worked for in the same manner as what was presented tonight, I would have been calling the carpet into human resources so fast. And the answer I got was it will be dealt with. That's interesting. Hmm. Well, uh, so, so we have now established that Jennifer Savage is the most powerful person in Exeter. Or at least in her mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. In her own mind, but that's okay. Okay, what do I have to do to get back to number one? <laughs> he just told you, you got to bring intensity. You got to bring the fire, man. You you know. <laughs> I thought you're, I brought the fire in the show. There. You bring the fire on the show, but it's not in public. Okay. You got to do it when everybody's watching. Yeah, when all 42 like when people who watch the township meeting are watching. <laughs> What's true? I mean, how many people watch that damn thing? Well, look, I, and I, I said this earlier, and, and Jerry, I hope you agree with me. I, I think once the tax increase for the school taxes comes out, I think there is going to be a big brouhaha. My problem is they're not going to be at the meetings in April where they're going to discuss the budget and what tax increases are necessary because that's the point where you say, "Don't you dare!" Don't, I'm, I'm just yeah. I'm here. I'm here to do public comment, and I'm telling you, don't you dare bring a budget out that requires a three or four percent increase in millage for the schools. Right. Yep. So seems that I am the first caller to your show, and that's why I asked for the phone number because, you know, when you get older, you forget phone numbers, and trying to do two things, listen to your show, and remember a phone number, it was difficult. Yeah, so who the hell can remember here's my challenge. Numbers. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to drum up some business for you. Go for it. We're all, for it. all of the brain power <laughs> that can post on the other website. I am going to challenge any 
single one of them. <laughs> I don't care who it is. To call into your show, pick one topic, and tell you two why they think they're right and you're wrong. And I'll bet you none of them have the guts to call into your show. Or the bulls. <laughs> well, I, w- I would really well, enjoy Well, now, if- now we're back to the male. Right. We're I- back to the male-female thing. I would enjoy if, if uh, Slush Fun Joe would call in. That would be that would be fun. You know, another another. Oh, I can think of a couple. Uh, another quitter I in my. I can think of my, a couple uh, other names. Oh yeah, I think I think we can. But you know, I, I, I'd like one of the quitters, the 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 folks who can't complete their terms, to give us a call. Yeah. And uh, and try and debate. Okay, so Jerry, is that they, it? You know. We're going to wrap up the show, I think, and head out. Hey, Jerry, really appreciate you taking the time not only to listen but to call in tonight. That's really means a lot. Thanks very much. It's the only place I can get the true information. Ooh, the truth. There we go. Ted just put both thumbs up. The truth (laughs) comes out here. If you want garbage, then go to the other place. Wow. Now, tomorrow, I'll go on there and read about the phone caller that came into your show and just blasted them. <laughs> we'll see. All right, man, take it easy. Have fun. All right, bye. Bye. There we go. We got a call. Got a call. That's cool. That one Thank that we God. arranged. We did have a call before with Dave. Yeah, we did. But uh, that was nice that we that we had a call. And, and Dave Hughes called in once yep. too, so. Yep. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Fun show, um, lots to digest, man. Lots to digest, folks. And you know, um, Jerry Weinsteiger just said, you know, we and I think it's really for all of us. We all need to bring the fire. We need to bring the intensity to all these meetings because it's our community, it's our tax dollars, it's our kids. Exactly right. So, bring the fire. And with that, we will wrap up this show. That is episode number six of the Exeter Underground. Please join us next week again, 645 on Thursday. You're away the next week, the correct? The next week I'm away, right. Okay, so, so we get a show in next week. So join us 645 for the Exeter Underground, hyper-local news and analysis for Exeter Township. Thanks so much for tuning in. Look for the podcast. If you missed any part of the show, the podcast will be up in the next hour or so i would encourage you also to listen to jerry gelliff media we're doing uh baseball and softball the high school varsity teams we did our first game the other night it was amazing it It was was an awesome call it really was mike boyer does an unbelievable job our other announce we we have two announcers going mike and darren ziner darren is going to handle the next two games softball games next thursday and friday and uh, I, it, this is going to be so much fun to do. It's goosebumps. It really, because I, I saw a couple during your during the broadcast. I saw a couple people who were commenting live. Yeah, and like, hey, hey, I'm a grandmother from uh, Sanibel, Florida. Yep. So gives me goosebumps because you know you're really promoting Exeter sports in a fantastic way, and probably making some grandmothers and aunts and uncles and cousins very, very happy that they can hear about their relatives' exploits on the field. That's it's the goal of of getting anything that resembles recognition for the kids. You know, it's uh, it's very gratifying. So, with that, uh, also 
Keep an eye out for the Exeter Examiner at exeterexaminer.us. We have, we now have a features page. There's a daily puzzle, crossword puzzle. That's easy that you can actually do. It's not like those, those brainy <laughs> The LA people, Times ones. That, or you know, they're the New yeah. York Times. It's not like the brainy people, the New York Times. Regular people can do and this it's cool. One. Like you can interact with it and, and you know, yes. you can complete it electronically. Very cool. And I've also, uh, I did a, a comic. I'm hoping to do it weekly. It's called Exeter Town. It, it's very rudimentary. I don't draw it. I get it. I, it it's done at a website where you just kind of compile things and put put people in the uh, in the frame and you put a background up there. But uh, go check that out on the features page at ExeterExaminer.us. We're also covering the sports, uh, whatever games we do. I'm doing a write up of. And uh, we're trying to bring information to this town. Hyperlocal news, hyperlocal sports, hyperlocal opinion. Hyperlocal everything. And with that, we are going to bid you adieu and good night, folks. Thanks very much for listening. Thank you for joining us for the Exeter Underground. Join us again next week for more news and analysis of all that is happening in Exeter. This has been a production of Jerry Gelliff Media. Hey.